Good afternoon. This is Pastor Nelson from Tower View Baptist Church and coming to you from Tower View Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. If you want to check us out, check out our webpage at towerviewkc.com or our Facebook page, Tower View Baptist Church. Or you can call or text our phone number. The church's phone number is an internet phone number, so you can, you, you can text it. It's 816-368-1330. And this is just part of our daily devotional series that we're doing. And today I want to ask you, what are you passionate about? In my family, my family history, it's bowling. My mom and my dad both were in bowling leagues for many years. My dad is still in bowling leagues. He goes to statewide tournaments where he lives and usually finishes in the top uh, few guys for the, for the state, um, for, his, for his age group. My brother and his wife met at the bowling alley because they were both in the same league or bowled at the same bowling alley. Uh, my wife and I, we used to be in a bowling league, and then Andy was born, and we haven't been in a bowling league since. But, you know, bowling is in, in, in my in, passionate in my family. I mean, it's passionate. I have my own bowling ball. I have my own bowling shoes. I have my own bowling bag. But right now, because of social distancing, I can't go bowling. Bowling alleys are closed. They're not an essential service. So what are you passionate about? What areas of life are you passionate about? Is it a hobby that you have? Is it your job, your career? Is it your family? Those are all good things, not necessarily bad things to have passion about, but realizing that all those things are temporary. Your career is temporary. Someday you will retire from your position. Hobbies are temporary. Someday you will not be able to physically do your hobby anymore because of just uh, physical limitations, whether it's sports or something else. Family. I know this sounds callous, but family is temporary. We remember people forever, but we know they have loved ones who have passed on. And while their memory lives on and the results of their life has lived on, they're, they're not here anymore to, to talk to day to day. And to ask advice of and, and, and to have fun with and, and eat with. And someday that will be you. But one thing that is permanent is God. The one thing that lasts forever is God. And no matter what the economic state of this world is, whether everybody is working or nobody is working, whether the world is at peace or the world is at war, God is there. Whether we are all perfectly healthy or we're all fighting some nasty virus that came from some other part of the world, God is eternal. And in Scripture, King David had that issue. He was, he was literally running for his life. People were trying to literally kill him. And he was in the wilderness. He was in the desert. He was a long way from every, all the comforts of home. He had a palace to live in, but he was away from that. And what did he turn to? Where was his passions? Was it about getting back to the palace? Was it about family? No, it wasn't. It was about God. And how do I know this? Psalm 63. And I'm going to hold it here and read it so I may not be looking up at the camera the whole time. Psalm 63, God, you are my God. 
I eagerly seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you in a faints for you in a land that is dry, desolate, and without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. My lips will glorify you because of your faithful love is better than life. So I will bless you as long as I live. At your name, I will lift up my hands. You will you satisfy me as with rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I think of you as I lie on my bed, I meditate on you during the night watches. Because you are my helper, I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. I will follow close to you. Your right hand holds on to me. But those who intend to destroy my life will go to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the power of the sword. They will become a meal for the jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by him will boast, for the mouths of liars will be shut. David is in the wilderness. He is running for his life. He is living in caves behind rocks, sleeping on the ground when he used to have a palace to live in. He used to have a bed to sleep on. And now he has nothing. And in his first thought, he turns to God. And he complain, he compares himself and his desire for God the same way that you have a desire for water when you're thirsty. Think about how thirsty you're, the, the, the thirstiest you have ever been in your life. And how you felt, how you craved water. Even bad tasting water tastes good when you're thirsty. And that's what David wanted. He wanted to remember God and have such a passion for God the way we have a passion for water on a hot and parched day. That's the passion he had for God. And that's the passion that we need. That's why fasting is so important. You don't do it all the time every day. But when you fast and you feel those if you're fasting from food, those hunger pains, you're fasting from drink for a day, those, those thirst, and let them to be a reminder of your desire for God. And that's what David wanted. He wanted to thirst for God in the same way he thirsts for water. And, but he doesn't stop there. He wants, what's he say? In verse 2, so I gaze in, your, in the sanctuary to see your strength and glory. Where is he? He's in the wilderness. He's outside. Where is God's sanctuary? It's the world. It's creation. It's all the earth. So when he looked up and saw the blue sky and clouds, if there was any, the sun, at nighttime when he saw the moon and the stars, he was worshiping God because he knew he was in God's sanctuary. And so we need to worship God, not when, just when we're in the building that we call church, and not just during that service that we call church service and worship service, but every day when we go outside and we look at God's creation. Whether we're looking up at the clouds and the sun and the moon, or we're looking down at the grass and the dirt and the bugs, those are all God's creation. And we can worship God and see his strength and his glory in all of it. From the, most, from the biggest, most spectacular create, you know, features on earth to this most smallest and mundane. 
And his lips, he says in verse 3, My lips will glorify you because of your faithful love is better than life. So I will bless you as long as I live. At your name, I will lift up my hands. And so he just breaks out into praise and glory over seeing God and being desiring God. And he compares being satisfied with God as being satisfied after a great meal. Think about your favorite food that you want, whether it's a steak or barbecue, corn on the cob covered with butter and salt, whatever it is that you desire and crave and you're just eager to eat. Whether you just had it today or it's been a year since you've had it. That's the satisfaction you should get from God. And that's the satisfaction you should desire. And you should seek God all the time. Not just on Sunday morning. But as you're laying in bed trying to go to sleep. That's what he says in verse 6. When I think of you on my bed, I meditate you during the night watches. That you meditate on the things of God. Not the worries of the world. Not am I going to get COVID. Not am I going to get my job back but on the things of God, the eternal things. God will provide for you. You're not going to starve. You might be hungry, but you're not going to starve. Because God is my helper. And rejoice. I rejoice in the shadow of your wings. To be in the shadow of the wings of a, think of a bird, how our mother hen, how it keeps its chicks by it. It uses, it spreads out its wings to protect the young. And that's a picture the Bible uses oftentimes of God. He protects us. And, that, and it says that I will I'll follow you close. Your right hand is on my head. It holds on to me, just like a parent holds on to the chi- hand of a child. God is there. And his so desires God's glory that he desires it that evil will be punished and that sin will be And then in verse 9, he gets different. He prays for his enemies. He says, But for those who intend to destroy my life will go into the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the power of the sword. They will become a meal for jackals. This was like, David, how are we supposed to pray for our enemies to die? He's not praying so much for his enemies to die. He's praying for justice. He's praying for God's glory to be done. He's praying for God's work to be done, even in people. And so that God's glory can be done, even in those who are doing evil. You can pray for their salvation, that God will turn their heart for him. You can pray for their plans to be thwarted, and that their plans against God's people will will fail. But you're praying for God's glory. And even if all that fails, we know that they will die someday too, just like me and you. The evil will die someday. The evil person will die someday. Their, their life, their existence is temporary also. And so you're always praying for God's glory. Always praying for God's glory. And notice that he doesn't look for personal pride. He doesn't look for revenge. He doesn't look, look, I'm smarter than them attitude. No, he's saying, God, you take care of it. You take care of these people. You take care of their plans. Because I can't. I don't have the power. And so he puts it all in God's hands. And he finishes with a rejoice. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by him will boast. And the mouths of liars will be shut. 
So boast in God. Boast in the things of God. Because our passions, like bowling, they'll go away. Someday I will not be able to pick up this ball. I'll have to use that kitty rack where you set it on top and just push it down the, down the, the lane. Our passions will go away. But God is eternal. So put your passions, put your heart, put everything that you have into the eternal and realize that everything on this earth is temporary. You are the mighty God. I thank you for listening today. And once again, I'm Pastor Nelson. If you want to get a hold of us, if you want to leave a message, if how we can pray for you, see our website, towerviewkc.com. See our Facebook page, Tower View Baptist Church. Or give us a call or a text on 816-368-1330. I appreciate you for watching. I appreciate you for listening. And let me close in a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the passion that you can give us. Help us to desire your passion each and every day. Each hour of each day. Daytime, nighttime, morning, afternoon, evening. Help us to desire you with our whole heart. You are the mighty God. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good day. Go with God.